you change who you are. We're never going to stick to who we are. I was terrified of storms as a child. I would hide mm -hmm. under my parents' bed. I hated storms. Something clicked and you're like, whoa, this is actually fascinating. I don't know how that transition happens from being scared of it to being fascinated with it. But then I switched it and I became so fascinated with it. Instead of hiding under my parents' bed, I was out chasing them. Yeah. Something mysterious about that moment of change. But I think you have to be open-minded. Welcome to Gut Check Radio the health and wellness podcast, giving you the confidence to trust in your gut. I'm your host, Dr. Nick Belden, a board certified chiropractic physician and functional medicine practitioner. And just for those of you who are aware, the contents of this podcast are for educational purposes only and are not intended to diagnose or treat any condition and do not apply any of this information you hear in this podcast without first speaking with your physician. Hello, GCR listeners. This episode was a very special one for me. I had the pleasure of interviewing one of my mentors, Dr. Emily Hecker. And this woman has just been such a, a light, a shining light, a beacon for me in my journey, not only of, of functional medicine from the business and clinical aspect, but also just in life in general. And I actually have a funny story. I didn't bring this up on the podcast, and I don't even think I've told her this before, but when I was in graduate school, I, one of my roles in the functional medicine club was to reach out to doctors in the area and try to get them to come speak, get them to come speak in front of us and to let us know a little bit about what's happening in the field of functional medicine. And I reached out to quite a few doctors and got some responses, some didn't, but she was actually one of the first people to respond and said that she'd be willing to come in and speak. And then from there, she was just, everyone loved her. She did such a great job at connecting and building rapport with us. And she also knew the information really well. So it was at that point that I knew that, hey, this woman is, is someone that you want to be involved with. And like I said, it, I ended up doing my, it's called your preceptorship or your last semester of graduate school. You, you pick someone in the field, a practice that you want to work with. And I had the pleasure to work with her and learn so many things, especially about the business aspect of functional medicine, which I was not privy to whatsoever. And in this podcast, it was just so fun. I mean, we open up by talking about her having this niche of working with Amish people, which is, is crazy. But then you realize that, hey, they're, they're pretty naturally minded folks. So it kind of makes sense. So that was really fun to explore. And then the main reason I had her on is she has a story very similar to mine. And that being a chiropractor and working in functional medicine was not her first career. And she actually had a conviction at age eight that she held for about the next 15 years of what she wanted to do. And then eventually had a, a gut check moment that we will explore in this podcast to turn around and eventually do what she does now. And she predominantly, she works virtually and you can find all of her information in the show notes at enlightened functional medicine. And she, her niche is in people that have the MTHFR polymorphism, which I don't know if is anything we brought up on the show before, but it's a genetic mutation dealing with methylation and methylation is incredibly important for so many processes in the body. But she also works a lot with histamine intolerance, formerly mold issues, and like we touch on, the Amish. So without further ado, enjoy my conversation with Dr. Emily. They, they get what I tell them to get, and uh, they do what I say, and they get better. You know, so I 
I just find that they're phenomenal to work with, honestly. And they don't blink an eye. They don't bat an eye when you say, okay, you need to do these tests. We got to bring in these supplements because they're kind of already living in the world of natural health. So it's not like we're breaking these constraints in these traditional and conventional ways because they actually prefer a little bit more alternative coming in. So you already got buy-in. They just need someone to help guide them. Mm. And they do the work. They're big in Mayo Clinic. Like they love the Mayo Clinic diet. So I see on a lot of their forms that we follow the Mayo Clinic diet, the Mayo Clinic diet. You know, I don't really look into that, but I'm like, this is what I think would be best for you. You know what a lot of them do too. I can talk, tell me to shut up if you want to talk, talk. No, I like this. Um, This is good. Yeah. Okay. But it's, they have, this is interesting too with them, a lot of farmland. So mold, they use chemicals and their houses are right out there by the fields. So that's something um, that I've witnessed too, is, you know, that mold in the homes and chemical exposure you know, with pesticides. And once we start clearing them out, cleaning them out and they clean out so much better than us here, like that are exposed to so much technology and city life. I just feel like there's this underlying level of like EMF or something that's keeping us buzzing at this unhealthy level. But then Mm. when you go out to these farms of people where spirituality is huge, you know, they go to church, they are having family values. Uh, The husband works, the wife stays at home with the kids and cares Mm. for the family, but yet they they respect each other and they support each other enough to pop on these calls together Mm. and to support it. And that just gives me chills when you see the spouse supporting, you know, the, the patient Uh, and then, and then the spouse becomes a patient and then the mom becomes a patient and then Mm -hmm. the sister and the other sister and the other sister. You know, so that's how it grows. You got, you want to target Amish communities or Mennonite communities. Yeah. that That's, it's kind of an interest area of marketing for me, you know, in 2023. Yeah. I want to speak to them. I want to do, men, I want to do some podcasts. Hormones are huge with them. And it's such a, like you said, a double-edged sword. It's such a trade-off because to live in that manner is you're just so removed from so many things that could potentially be harming you. But then you're also removed from so many of those things that could be connecting you. Obviously, social media can be used for either vein. Yeah, But I wonder how most people would find it if they lived like an Amish person for a week. You know, the coolest thing, like when I started working with Amish back a couple years ago here, I felt like I walked back into time to, night, mm. to 1888. I felt like I went, I time traveled. I got in a time traveling car. I went back. I explored how they worked, what they did for a living, how they ate, what they didn't eat, you know, and then I popped out into this, this 2022, 23 whatever year it is, you know, I'm like, wow, that just gives me such a neat appreciation enough where I'm like, man, I want to watch documentaries on this. So I did this summer. I watched a documentary on um, how Amish people live. I mean, it's kind of interesting when you're like, wow, they sometimes they're assigned careers, you know, like with being a pastor, they, that's what you're going to do. It's what you're going to do. So you need to go do it. Yeah. You don't get to like necessarily choose some things, which is interesting. Yeah. So your idea of passion is probably different from what our traditional view of a, a passion is. Like you said, because it's given to I you think and you so. Yeah. You know, not all. Not, I'm just kind of making that general assumption because I, I think there's different communities and they each kind of do different things. You know, like I was saying, some of them they don't have a phone in there. It's community cell, it's community phone. So mm-hmm. they gotta walk out to the phone, you know, to to call. No, that was really eye-opening to me too. I'm like, wow, here I am checking my phone every 20 minutes going on social media, looking at stuff, you know, have the luxury of technology when some other people out there in the same world that I'm living in, they're enjoying their family. They're in present time, Yeah, but it's, it's in present. And if they need to contact someone, they walk out and they make a phone call. That's, I mean, ultimate level of detox of, of what we're saturated in. Of today. life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Easy to do a digital detox up there. Yeah. But yeah. they get fast better. They get fast. They, yeah. They, 
they could fast sooner than my typical average patient. Oh man, we could, like you said, we could rabbit hole down that for hours. And mm -hmm. th that's just for you, that has to feel just so amazing because like we just talked about like 10 or 15 years ago, I don't think you ever could have imagined that you would become the healthcare guru for people in the Amish community. <laughs> so why don't yeah. you paint for our listeners, paint a little bit about what your life, particularly emphasis on your career looked like 10, 15 years ago. Oh, 10, 12. So 10, 15 years ago, I was just graduating from chiropractic mm -hmm. school. Oh, know? so then actually let's go 2025. So way before. Yeah. So, so we're the, going, we're going before chiropractic maybe. Yeah. Meteorology pilot days. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did not. I had no clue. Yeah. You would tell me that you're going to be in healthcare when I was like 10 years old. I'd said, no way. I hate blood. Mm. I would pass out. I would vomit when I would get my blood drawn as a kid. I hated it. I hated anything healthcare related. So fast forward to me being 10 or actually eight in the pool playing when a storm was coming. I said, this is it. I'm going to be a meteorologist. I love the weather. I was fascinated with storms. Mm. So then that was my pathway for, oh my gosh, since I was 10 plus years. Wow. So went to school to become a meteorologist, the best school in the nation for stage chasing storms. Got a job there in Oklahoma, rebuilding storm chasing vehicles for the government, flew an aircraft dropping dropsons out with a research you know, aspect of it, had a great job there and great experience with schooling. I love science. I've always loved science. So I did that for, oh gosh, five years in school when I was mm. in college, my undergrad was in meteorology. Mm. So I loved that. And then while I was there, I decided to become a pilot. So again, the sky, I love the sky. So, and I love mechanical things. So my sister was a flight instructor and taught me how to fly. So now I have this double thing going as, okay, I'm a meteorologist and I'm a pilot. What can I do with the two? So then after that, I was trying to figure out what I do after I graduated when I was 23. Decided to run a marathon. Never did that before. Why not? Mm -hmm. Ran a marathon. My knee started hurting me. I'm like, what's up with this? My back was hurting me. And I decided to see a chiropractor. I'm like, ah, let's try that stuff. I've never done it before, but I don't want to pop a bunch of pills. I think maybe there might be a different solution. Went and saw a chiropractor. was amazing. Changed my life. Mm. Fixed my headaches. Fixed my knee. I'm like, this. he put his hands on me and healed me. Who can do that? So he <laughs> changed my career. You know, really decided, wow, I could do this and help people. So decided to go to school for chiropractic. When I was in chiropractic, he had whole, all these new prerequisites from healthcare to meteorology, a lot of, a lot of chemistry, a lot of biochemistry, uh, you know? So in the meantime, got a job working with, um, another local chiropractor who specialized in functional medicine. Mm. And I'm like, what's functional medicine? I don't even know what this is. And it's like, oh, this is finding the root cause of analysis, you know, root cause of health issues by digging deep with blood work, diagnostic testing, and you get to figure it out. Put the pieces together, look at food, look at diet, look at what's going on on a more detailed level. So I said, this is fascinating. So that's where I got my introduction uh, to functional medicine and by the Logan College of Chiropractic, started the functional medicine club there back in way back in the day and um, loved it. I absolutely loved it. So graduated at Logan, started a functional medicine practice and has been doing it ever since really. Things have evolved along the way, different mm -hmm. niches, different areas of interest, and uh, which is great for me because my brain likes fast movement. It likes different topics. It likes to talk to people. It likes to be by itself, you know, so you can put all these different concepts together mm -hmm. and help people mm -hmm. get better. Yeah. And I, I love that story. And I think part of the reason we connected so much is because 
right about that same age for me when I was 23 is when I made my transition mm. to want to go back to chiropractic school. So that just, it's so cool to hear someone who's where I want to be, but they also went through the same journey to get there. So I want to go back to when you decided to make the switch and after you ran the marathon, was it really challenging to want to leave meteorology? Was it like an easy snap of the finger? Nope, this is happening. Yeah, it was easy for me. Mm. I make fast choice. I make fast decisions. Mm. Like when I find something that brings me joy that I'm passionate about, mm. um, I'm ready to jump. Mm. That's that entrepreneurial spirit, which is why uh. you you know, that business owner, like, okay, is this going to work? And I was holding out for a job in Colorado and I've applied multiple times. So it kind of was getting the, hmm, maybe, maybe this isn't the right route for you. And I told, you know, everyone at the time I was moving to Colorado to work for weather research, flying these large jets around the world and do weather research. That was my plan. Mm-hmm. And um, this didn't happen. They didn't hire me for that. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I could keep applying for this or I could keep working at the airport doing customer service as I was mm-hmm. trying to figure out what the next plan was with meteorology. And, uh, and so I decided to, to, uh, run that marathon and then it went to the next thing. Okay. If chiropractic is kind of a cool thing, what could I do with my life? That's what could I do with my life? That would bring me joy instead of sitting in front of a screen forecasting all day long. That's not me. Hmm. I can't stand in front of a screen forecasting. I'm actually horrible at forecasting. Yeah. But (laughs) (laughs) I can forecast your health. I will tell people Mm -hmm. that now. So instead of forecasting the weather, I will forecast your health by using data. And I love assessing data. So that's where it's at. It's bringing all parts of the data into the picture. It's looking at blood work. It's looking at different diagnostic tests. It's looking at just a just a a chat with someone to see how they feel. It's looking at their intake form. It's looking at, you know, their, their, their past in the, the draw, the trauma they've been through into where they are now and Mm -hmm. where we are now, how we can fast forward into the future to get them feeling better. Mm. So like you said, it's the, there's so many parallels that you took away from meteorology and the, and the data analysis. And again, I can relate to that from corporate finance. And so do you think if you didn't run the marathon, you would still have ended up here? Do you think you needed to go through your own pain, uh, both literally and figuratively in order to find the next path? I, that's a great question. Mm -hmm. That is a great question. I really feel like that was a, one of a turning point Mm -hmm. to my life was that marathon. I never run that much in my life. 26 miles. You kidding me? I ran it in Chicago. It was 39 degrees out, (laughs) which is ironic because today I went out and ran in minus six degree weather. And, Mm -hmm. um, it was horrible. <laughs> six, <laughs> it was six hours of pain. Okay. I didn't dress properly, but I achieved it right. was the point. Mm-hmm. And I crossed that goal. And if I can run that, and if I can mark off that box, I can do anything. I can do anything. I can go back to graduate school for five years and become a doctor. Mm-hmm. You can do anything you put your mind to. So I just, I love really pressing the limits and pushing the limits of doing things. And you never know what that's going to take you to, to the next. So yeah, I, to answer your question, I do think that was a turning point with that, with that marathon for me. If I would not have done that marathon, I probably would not be where I am today. Mm. Have you run another one since? No. Mm. If you do, you might make a career change afterwards. So you might want to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's and good. as you're going through the prerequisites, did you have any of that science background from your meteorology background or was that all, was that all that language completely brand new? It's chemistry. I did a lot of chemistry and physics and math. That's mm. what meteorology is. It's all math. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk Calc 4, and guess what? I am horrible at math. I suck mm. at it. It is the hardest topic for me possibly. So that was another achievement that I pushed through. I took me five years, not four. I took all summer school in math. I hate mm. it. It's hard for my brain to really wrap its, its, its round, round, brain around numbers. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that was something that, man, I got lost in that. That was, a, that was an achievement that I went through, um, you know, with, with, uh, with meteorology to get to where I was today. I forgot your question. What was your question? Oh, if you, if you like, what are the prerequisites? Was it completely like mm-hmm. learning a new yeah, language? Prerequisites. Yeah. yeah. Prerequisites. Yeah. So kind of, you know, I had to take all human biology. Mm-hmm. So it was a human component, physiology, um, biochem. That was all new to me uh, going forward. So I did need a lot of anatomy, you know, prerequisites to even qualify to get in. Yeah. So I had to take, you know, a bunch of, a bunch of semesters just to even qualify to get into Logan uh, to, to start that. So yeah, some of them cross over, you know, but not all, all of them. Mm-hmm. And during that period, or maybe even the first year, especially the first year of graduate school, were there ever doubts that came in your mind in the context of, is this really what I want to do? Like, should I just go back to what I did before? No, mm. never. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. Never. <laughs> these are these are good questions because no, that was never something that I'm like, well, I'm going to quit. I'm going to do this. There were a lot of colleagues of mine in school dropping out. Yeah. They could not keep up with the load. It's a tough load. Mm-hmm. You got balancing family stuff on top of it. You got mm-hmm. finances and you walk through the parking lot of Logan. You're going to see license plates from every state. Yeah, I remember that. Right? That blew my mind. Yeah. It, that's how good that college is. It is a phenomenal mm-hmm. school and it's hard. I mean, mm-hmm. you're up at what? Six o'clock classes start at seven and you're not done till four. Mm-hmm. Is that what, you know, maybe even five or six. Yeah, I was like five or six during, I think, trimester three. Yeah. The, the last year. I mean, it was all day long. And then when you're done with school, guess what you do? You go home and you study, study it. Yeah. <laughs> it's never <laughs> ending. It yep. just never ends for mm-hmm. what? Five straight years. Yeah. For me, five straight years. Yeah. And then you're done. You got to go get a job. And you're like, here I am. Yeah. What do I do? Yeah, no. How do I do this? How do I help people? Yeah, I need I need to be spoon-fed information again. Yeah. Mm. And did you still have an interest or like a love for meteorology or mm-hmm. becoming a pilot during that time? Or was that your outlet to like study something else? I will always love meteorology. I will always mm. love aviation. That is always something ingrained for me. You talk May. I'm outside already looking at the storms. I get super excited. This mm-hmm. is something that I was born with the energy and connecting with the earth mm-hmm. and um, even like human bodies. I think there's a parallel too, because when you look at the go outside and you see a beautiful sunset or a sunrise, mm-hmm. or you look at the clouds and you see just, just some amazing, amazing things that God created on this earth for us to, to be a part of mm-hmm. that is, and you can feel the energy with it too. You know, you can feel the energy in a storm before it comes. Well, I can, mm, you yeah. know, and then you, you add in like tornadoes and tornado chasing. I'm out. I'm chasing. I'm uh, I'm looking I'm looking at the okay. science. I'm looking at the data. I'm looking at the radar. We're going to go out, you know, uh, but even with the human body, there's energy connection and transfer as a chiropractor. Yeah. You know, you put your hands on people. You're connecting energy. There's energy transfer all around us. And so there is, it's, it's with the earth. It's with people. That's what's happening everywhere. And so being in tune with that, because one of the interesting things too, when I started adjusting people and even in school was visualization. Mm. And maybe you did this too, mm-hmm. is if I could visualize 
something moving, maybe I needed to move a segment or a certain way. And I'm like, oh my gosh, am I going to do it? Am I going to do it? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. If I could visualize it and, and give myself a little internal pep talk, guess what? It would happen. Mm. It would work. So, yeah. I mean, getting more into the, almost the metaphysical or spiritual component to this is there's a lot back there that people don't realize. Yeah. Goes on, yeah. Goes on with it. Yeah. And I think it's funny because maybe in the meteorology space, we have this understanding that we will never know everything, but there's probably people in that space that are trying to understand everything. Yeah. Yet, so to arrive at the place of being like, hey, we didn't create this, so we're probably never going to fully understand what it is, but there are people still doing it. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's an interesting thought because even with the human body, we're still trying to understand. Yeah. Right? We don't fully know. We're trying to learn with the weather, with atmospheric conditions and earths, anything geological, we're trying to understand. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there is any type of industry out there that we know everything about it already. Yeah. Maybe that technology be... more so because right, we yeah. created it. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Cause it's always funny, especially for people like us that are so into science, but also have a big, big spiritual background is sometimes it's hard to blend the two. Like, have you ever gone through where you learn something and you're like, I don't know, like it doesn't seem like it should be like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you really kind of second guess, is it? And you challenge it. Mm. And I think that's when, if you're vocal on challenging the social norm, Mm. that's when you get, that's when you get pushback. Yeah. You know, even on social media, man, you challenge a social norm on certain Mm. things on social media that creates tension Mm -hmm. that creates uncomfortability, you know? And, you know, I think that's where a lot of people succeed. (laughs) You know, when they do that, whether it's a doctor in this yeah. in this alternative world, people want to know, people want to yeah. push, they they want to second guess, they want to hear. Some people are comfortable with hearing things, but that's not like your target. Like people listening right now, they want to learn more. Mm-hmm. They're being empowered because they are learning more and they're going outside the box instead mm-hmm. of just, okay, this is what I do. I go to this doctor, I take this medication, then I move on. No, mm-hmm. they're, your listeners are wanting to do more. They're empowered with, uh, with wanting to learn more. Mm. And would you say that's where you were prior to getting treatment after the marathon, like kind of not open or not the box wasn't open yet? No. Cause that, yeah. you know, I was raised in a family where if you're sick, you go to the medical doctor and you get mm. a medication. Mm-hmm. That's a different story than a lot of other chiropractors out there that were raised in families that were welcoming alternative health. Mm-hmm. Right. I was not that, per- I was a black sheep. Mm. I still am the black sheep Mm. of my family because I push the family norm, the social norm. And you know what? That's me. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. Mm. I see even look on their face, the level of comfortability. (laughs) So did, did you even like seek out the advice of your parents when you wanted to make that career change? Or did you know that they probably wouldn't be accepting? So you just said, nope, I'm doing it anyway. Nope. I did what I wanted, honestly. Mm. Like, I'm somewhat hard to tame. You can't tame me. Even, mm. you know, at that time I was engaged. I'm like, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm going to chiropractic. This is my calling. This is what yeah. I'm supposed to be doing. Wow. So it's either you like it or you don't. Yeah. <laughs> this is me. Um, but my, my, actually my family did end up accepting it. Mm. You know, once they realized it, um, that this could be very helpful to them and beneficial to them to get chiropractic adjustments and even a feedback on nutrition and functional medicine. You know, there's always some that generational um, divide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With that. So, and I'm sure a lot of 
those of us have people in our family that, you know, are maybe a little, you know, um, just questioning, you know, what you do. Is it real? Are you a real doctor? Yeah. Oh, yeah. A real doctor. Yeah. Um, yeah. We that, even don't had, get me going on that. Oh, uh, I know. We had someone come in the other day and said, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to my real doctor next week. And I, 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 I what know what they're saying, that? but it's still. What do you, you know, say you, to that? Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a little bit of an ego hit. It's like, ah, oh, man. Yep. Mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. So did you? Yeah. I don't think people realize our education too. Mm. You know, that we, they really, mm -hmm. we really are doctors, you know, it's not, uh, and I didn't know at the time too, you know, I thought chiropractor, oh, that's just someone that pushes bones around. No, we get more training. Mm. So did your parents start going to see a chiropractor for a while after you did? Like, did you convince them to come to the quote unquote dark side? My dad never really did. He let me work mm -hmm. on him for maybe like maybe two times, mm. but, uh, he was old. He was 40 years older than me and is an was an engineer, you know, mm. so it was hard for him to. I think he did accept it, but mm. I think there were some skeptical yeah. you know, components to that. Yeah. My mom is now a believer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's crossed over mm. uh, to this side so, and she does see the benefit, you know? So when you age, when you gracefully age, there's things that come up in your body that, man, you're going to try everything to help that, whether it's your shoulder or whether it's your knee, you're going to go and try to find what can I do to feel better. And sometimes it's being crossing that uncomfortable level of, okay, this is not working in the medical model. What else can mm -hmm. I do? Yeah. Those are the people who end up on our doorstep, right, Nick? Mm -hmm. yeah. They tried everything. Yeah. They've tried everything. Now what? Yeah. Mm. And do you feel, does it make it more like connected to that sort of outcome when you've tried everything? You know what I mean? So if, like if you try everything at some point, you just like hope something works. Yeah. 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 You know, and the good, you know, when I work with patients, when they start coming in, it's, we identify with that because they have tried everything, mm -hmm. you know, and when you, when you talk about that right off the bat, you're like, okay, what have you done and what's worked and what hasn't? Okay. Well, that's not working with for you, is it? No, it's mm -hmm. not. That's why I'm here. So when you can identify with people, you know, on that level, then they want some hope. Mm -hmm. They just want to get better. Yeah. Any glimmer yeah. they can find. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You mentioned earlier at eight years old was when you really have this conviction to you're like, I'm going to be a meteorologist. And you, the fact that you stuck with that for 10 years, because every eight year old, <laughs> what they say they want to do for a living is probably night and day different from what they actually do. But you, you sort of actually went there. So where do you think your conviction level came from just on, a, on anything? From wanting to be a meteorologist? Or just sort of your personality? Like, where do you think your personality of conviction and I'm sticking to this and I'm going to do it? Where do you think that yeah. originated from? I have no, it has, it has to be a spiritual thing. Yeah. I mean, who I am, you know, yeah. I don't know why I picked that and, and stuck with it, but it's a very strong memory of mine that occurred in the backyard pool. Mm. A lot of things have happened in the backyard pool for me. Water. <laughs> old place. It's all yeah. about water. So then mm. you start bringing in the connection. You realize what happens in water? Well, there's a yeah. lot of negative ions in water. You mm. can get like totally into this go I'm down not, it yeah i mean briefly. i am yeah, not gonna yeah. go down that yeah. water i mean i'm really passionate about water you know that's right. one of my my ways but when you're in water there's a lot of negative ions and so there's a lot of different attractions that go that go on in there so i think that was just a um a, a key moment and then there was a storm coming in at that time you know when i could look back to that specific moment when i decided to become a meteorologist it was when i was eight and i was playing weather i was playing news in the pool and there was an oncoming storm there was lightning mm. we gotta get out let's go to the weather channel yeah. okay let's see what's going on there and let's deliver weather messages to everyone in the neighborhood for five cents for the next five years wow <laughs> never stopped. and the funny and ironic thing was 
and this very message your your listeners too, you change who you are. We're never going to stick to who we are. And this is I've I've learned this because I was terrified of storms as a child. I would hide mm-hmm. under my parents' bed. I hated storms. Mm-hmm. Hated them. Something clicked, right? Something clicked and you're like, "Whoa, this is actually fascinating." I don't know how that transition happens from being scared of it to being fascinated with it. But then I switched it and I became so fascinated with it. Instead of hiding under my parents' bed, I was out chasing them. Yeah. I don't know how that happens. There's something mysterious about that moment of change. Um, But I think you have to be open-minded. Yeah. I think you have to be open-minded and purely non-judgmental. I think there's that level of non-judgment, non-judgmental, and just being open to to all possible answers, which is goes hand in hand with what we do in functional medicine. Yeah. And learning about the gut, right? Being open for Mm. maybe there's something else out there that can actually improve my digestion. Maybe Mm -hmm. there's something out there that can actually make me go poop once a day or Mm. a couple of times a day instead of once a week, Mm. you know, or bloating when I have a pizza, you know? Mm -hmm. So maybe there's something else out there that that question, you gotta be curious. And do you, I mean, when you were chasing the storms, did you ever think that it could harm you? Yeah, there's a yeah. danger to it. There is, yeah. there is, there is a risk, but I am, I am dopamine driven. Mm. I Meaning I like, uh, I like that surge. I like that, that push of um, excitement. Yeah. You know, so that makes me at risk for getting addicted to social media too, mm. it, which is kind of cool when you start thinking, okay. An intake form, right? Yeah. Are you, you know, do you like to do the, are you a motorcycle rider? Do you like to chase? Are you interested in storm? Are you, you know, would you jump out of a plane? Those type of questions are probably going to get your dopamine driven people um to, you know, to get going and um and to spike and know their personalities. Knowing personalities can help guide career changes mm. and even how they will outcome go yeah. go with their outcome with healthcare. So if you know someone is listening to this and like, you know what, I really want to improve my gut. I want to work with Dr. Uh, Belden and I want to um do this, but I don't know if you know if it's the right fit for me. Mm-hmm. Well, man, think about that. Think about your personality and are you ready to make that change? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, some people need to have you know hands on hand holding, you know, hand holding right. through the process. Some people are ready to jump in and do it. Mm-hmm. And the good news is for those listeners, you can do either one, right? Yeah. You can do either one. You can hand hold into that or you can jump into it. And maybe those jump in people are more the dopamine people who like to jump off an airplane. Mm-hmm. Do you know your Enneagram? No. Mm. But have you taken it before? I did, but I forgot. Because uh, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about like you just said about knowing patients' personalities, that I feel like knowing that can only help clinical outcomes. And that's why I remember applying to corporate jobs and doing the Myers-Briggs and a couple of the other personality tests. At the time, I'm like, this is stupid. What's the point of this? And now when working with people, I realize, holy smack, if you know what makes them tick, you're going to that much more likelihood to get results. Right. You got to, it's a connection. Mm. You got to connect with people. And that yeah. is, I would say, the success of, of any business, mm-hmm. any sales, any healthcare provider mm-hmm. too. If yeah. you go into a health, any healthcare provider, if you're not connecting with them, you know, you know, are you really going to be, be tr- trusting of, of yeah. what, 
they have, especially if it's more individualized care like this in functional medicine, mm. you want to connect with your provider. Yep. Because if you, and, and even like chiropractic wise, you want to make sure that your, your healthcare provider can talk to you and you understand them because it's bedside manner, right? How many people go into their doctor and like, oh my gosh, their bedside manner is horrible. Yeah. Or, or even their office staff. Is, oh my gosh, their office staff is so hard to, to deal with. And so they leave the practice. So mm. connection with your team members, with your patients, having that open line of communication is so big. Mm. And then if you ever worked with somebody who you try and you want to connect with them so hard, but for whatever reason, the universe has not align the two of you. And then you're, you're just, you're so frustrated, but you just, mm-hmm. you just can't do it. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, like yeah. patient wise. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I've, I get flags and I think, you know, doing this mm. for over 10 years, if someone's given me red flags right off the bat, I don't want to work with them. Yeah. You know, for example, here's one. I did have this one uh, patient of mine that uh, she was incoming and she kept canceling. I mean, kept canceling. Mm. Oh, I need to do this. And then something else better came up and it was never a priority. You could tell Mm. that the relationship, this one, this one was never a priority for her. And, you know, and then she was wanting special things and it was just like, you know what, you're not going to be a great fit for me. You're a little bit too needy. You know, there's just a little bit, uh, a little bit more expectations on her end than I'm willing to give. Now I'm my philosophy for my practice is I'm going to give you the Ritz Carlton of functional medicine mm, care. Mm. Like I want people to walk out there and saying, wow, she went above and beyond yeah. care. Yeah. Um, I've seen it. It's questions. true. Yep. And mm-hmm. It's, you know, that's my goal as a practitioner mm. to deliver people exceptional customer service. And you know what? Ironically, I worked in customer service before in aviation. Mm. So I wanted to pull that working with executives, working with millionaires when they're flying private jets, um, you want to deliver that level of service. Like you're working at the Ritz Carlton and I want every person to come in working with me, feeling that they've received that service. So it's a goal. It's always going to be changing. There's always gonna be something new, um, with that, but yeah. Yeah. And I, I've realized that as I start to see more people is it's cool to read as much as all this like PubMed information. But if the experience of working with you, isn't like you just said, the Ritz Carlton, then it almost doesn't matter how much you know. Like they're not going to know care how much you know until they know how much you care and how much you care about right. the, the process of working with them. So on, if it wasn't for you, I don't think I would. I, think I would just have my head down and not even care about the patient experience. But that so undervalued. Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah. And you don't learn that in school, do you? No, no. That's and I, I don't, in, in any school. Yeah, do I don't know if you can learn that in school. Right. Right. It's about experience, you yeah. know, connecting with those who've been experienced mm. um, and, and knowing that and, and can teach you and show and observe how to properly just talk to people, mm-hmm. you know, and listen to them. I think that's one of the biggest things you want to, you know, your listeners, they want to be listened to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have a story. Everyone mm-hmm. has a story. Mm-hmm. It's our job as doctors to shut up and listen to their story. <laughs> mm-hmm. We got to listen to them yeah. because they have stuff to teach us. You know, yeah. teach, you know, teach. And so when we learn from our patients, we're going to be better doctors because we yeah. have an open mind. And I think that is unfortunate because I think it goes both ways in the alternative world and the medical model. I think there's a stigma. There's an ego that goes in that I've done it. I'm a doctor. I went to training. Um, I'm wearing a white coat. And this is what you should believe. But I do think, Nick, that it's kind of changing and morphing where the the younger doctors are graduating from school and, and 
and kind of want to have more of an alternative approach mm-hmm. in the, you know, the medical model uh, versus the older generation where it's like, nope, you need a statin. That's my only answer. Mm. No, you don't need to change anything with diet. Gluten-free is a total hype. Mm. Like that's, you know, like whatever it is, you know, yeah. there's not an open line of being open and it's, and it's here, it's in your brain and it's being open-minded to learning new things and, and not having that ego. Mm-hmm. And if it, you know, it sort of takes the generations to to fall out for the new generation to come up and like you said, have this new way of thinking, because they probably observe the burnout from their older counterparts and see, wow, if, and they probably experience, hey, if I listen to people, I am more internally fulfilled so that I'm, I'm going to increase my longevity of doing this when I listen to people. Yeah. 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 I think that you said a key word there, fulfilled. Mm-hmm. People need to be fulfilled. Mm. You know, whether it's us as doctors, because we want to have a fulfilling career, mm. right? So we're searching for what is the right niche? What do we want to do to fulfill us? Because when we are fulfilled, we're going to be better doctors. And then on the other end, the, the clients, the patients, they want to be fulfilled, mm. right? We're all coming together, wanting something from each other, we're wanting a relationship. And so when you can develop that fulfilling relationship and see what they want to be fulfilled and you're f- being fulfilled, it's a win-win. I think this is why this, this industry in functional medicine is so um, sought after. Mm-hmm. You you go 10 years ago, people didn't know what functional medicine was. There was yeah. no training. Mm-hmm. I did not have tech, you know, technical um, cert, cert, certifications. Like there yeah. was not a degree in functional medicine training. This is a new type of um, healthcare sought after, you know, yeah. so I have a lot of clinical experience. Mm-hmm. You know, but as far as going and getting that degree, that's, that's not something that, um, you know, I have the, the chiropractic degree, I've been a lot of, a lot of postgraduate edu- you know, education, but mm. having that level of connecting and the experience of that, it's tough. You just can't learn that stuff. Yeah. And I think, like you said earlier, the training we get in chiropractic school, you, you learn enough biochemistry and physiology and internal disorders to learn all what you would in functional medicine, but it's the framework. And, yeah. and the systems way of thinking that you almost either have to find another education tool, find like I did, like find you as a mentor and start to understand what that framework looks like. Right. Yeah. Right. And it can be yeah. done. So, and there's no one right way. Yeah. That's the beauty of this whole thing is you can pick and choose and you can change along the way how you want to do it. Maybe you want to be a solo practitioner. Maybe you want to go in with your wife in, mm. uh, you know, in an office, or maybe you want to do something virtually. You know, there's so many options, which makes it so fun. Yeah, that you can really make it work for you, and you get to impact people no matter what method of delivery you're working with them in. Mm. And speaking of that, when you connected with the other doctor that got into functional medicine, how did he get into it? Because at, at that time, like you said, ten years ago. No one really heard of it. So if you were in it, like you were in it. Right. He yeah. was, a, he was one of the, you know, one of the first, uh, plowing the way in it. And there's different techniques of chiropractic. What is there? 303? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm teen. Yeah. 300 plus mm-hmm. that, you know, when I was in there, there's probably more now since I've been out different mm-hmm. techniques of chiropractic, right? Different ways to help people with hands-on approach. Mm-hmm. Well, um, one of the ways that was drawn to me when I was in school, because we get to pick and choose which ones we want to special. How many we, do we learn there? I think like three. Yeah, three techniques, core. Three yeah. core ones that we learn in school. But then there's all these other ones that we get to pick and choose from. Mm-hmm. Well, the one that I was really interested in was internal health. Like 
we learn about the bones and the joints, but how does the stomach impact your body's ability to hold your chiropractic adjustments? Mm. What about your gallbladder? Does that have an impact on anything? Yeah. You know, how did this whole body connect? Sure, it's got to connect, right? So that's what got me interested in learning a different technique called sacral occipital technique. Mm. And that involved the organ systems of the body. So I knew that that technique was pretty interesting to me. And that's what my mentor was learning and teaching. That was his one thing. And one of the best pieces of advice that I got from my mentor was, Emily, do you want to be a jack of all trades of different chiropractic techniques? Or do you want to be a master of one? Mm. He was a master of one. Mm-hmm. He was phenomenal at what he did with that technique and um, got people better well. And he was good at that one technique. Mm-hmm. And I think that's phenomenal. And unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever, I think it's just different. You go into the chiropractic world and what they're teaching in school is you want to be a jack of all trades. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Dip yep. your finger here, dip here, dip here. But, but are you ever going to master that one? You're just jumping around. It's like multitasking. If mm-hmm. you go home and trying to get all this stuff done on your desk shouldn't you just pick one project and finish that one project or are you going to jump around and not get anything done for the day mm. multitasking has been shown proven to not be as effective than to stick to with one project and block out your time and work that one project i don't know i'm just kind of applying this to to techniques i think picking one technique really resonated with me and so i stuck with that one technique and and it involved the organ function and it mm-hmm. had the functional medicine piece and you can look at okay we need to bring in some ox bile for the gallbladder mm-hmm. and then people get better and then they're not in needing as many of adjustments because you're healing their tissue integrity whoa mm-hmm. whoa mm-hmm. you're helping people on a whole new level yeah whole new level yeah was there that degree of specialization within the meteorology world there are well i got into the research side of it Mm -hmm. i thought that i like data i love Mm -hmm. science i love getting data i love trying to Mm -hmm. figure out what to do i'm not such a number cruncher but i love the process of obtaining it Mm -hmm. and and even in this world in in the functional medicine world figuring out with the data that i'm given what the best course of action is Mm -hmm. right so i don't know you know um I don't know. Yeah. Cause I agree. Like you said, that having, especially as an entrepreneur, having a niche can only benefit you. And mm-hmm. I think it's part of the school's responsibility to expose you to many things. And then they don't yeah, right. explicitly say this, but I think implicitly it's up to you to discover which one of those niches you like. Right. And then to double click on a rabbit hole and pursue it as to the nth degree that fills you up. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that's like that in any medical school, you know, mm-hmm. you go through, mm-hmm. even in the medical yeah, world, true. you go through different residencies and you figure out, do I like general practice? You know, do I like endocrinology? Do I like pediatrics? They're testing it out. And once you find one you like, you kind of st- stick with it. And that's the difference too. In that medical model, you're picking one and you're sticking with it. Even in chiropractic, kind of the same thing, but like a general practitioner, you're looking at the whole body. Yeah. And there are general practitioner chiropractors out there. Mm-hmm. Where you can look at the whole body or they're even, but then you have other chiropractors that just specialize in only the Atlas mm-hmm. adjustment, which is right at the base of the neck mm-hmm. um, or the head, you know, the occiput. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of different chiropractors out there or functional medicine doctors, even that specialize in and have a niche in different things. Mm-hmm. It's finding the right fit for you, you know, as the listener, which one that you need to pursue. And sometimes it can be overwhelming. Yeah. 
for them to know where do I go? Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, I think it's even more overwhelming if you don't have guidance and if you're on social media or watching commercials and you're like, okay, I should take this Omega. Now I should take this apple cider vinegar um, gummy. And now I need to do this. And now I need to go take this. But people need guidance. Mm-hmm. And that's what we are here for them is to mm-hmm. be their guide in this, yeah. in this world. Yeah. I'm grateful because I've had a few people that have heard of functional medicine on TikTok. Yeah. And then they they actually use that as a as a lever to then call our office. So I'm thinking, wow, okay, good for you for wanting to seek someone out who does it versus just saying, oh, that sounds cool. And then going down the supplement rabbit hole yourself, which like you said, can be so overwhelming. And then you'll probably just waste money and not get results. So when people actually take the initiative to look us up, mm-hmm. it's powerful. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's brilliant. People can seek out someone that's a specialist in this. And that's something that, cause I do discovery calls with patients. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things they say when I ask them in that brief call is, um, the biggest takeaway is I need a guide. Mm. I need someone to help me. I've been trying mm. to do this on my own, but I'm not getting the results I want. And so I need someone to, to help me because I'm not getting help in the medical model. Mm. Mm. We are that guide. Yeah. Do you, do you still have people in your life that you see as your guide? Like at this phase of your, of your journey? Yeah, but it, it's yeah. hard. It's hard when you work as a single practitioner doing this. Yeah. So that's a challenge, Mm -hmm. but the challenge to that is then making those connections with other colleagues, you know, that you can meet with, you can connect with. And unfortunately I'm in St. Louis. There's Mm -hmm. a fantastic network of providers called SLIM, St. Louis Integrative Medicine. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a, it was put by, put together by Kristen Brokaw, who's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And she has collaborated all the people and doctors in St. Louis that want to be part of an alternative network of, we go and we have dinners once a quarter. And we, you know, this is my specialty. So I may meet a pediatrician next to me. I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you. Mm -hmm. Now I can refer. So it's setting up a referral network and building that referral network. Because when you first come out of school, all you know is yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of hard and scary mm-hmm. for yeah. any doctor mm-hmm. to reach out to other doctors who've been doing this for so long and say, this is me. And this is what I specialize in, or, you know, I'm trying to figure it out. What do you, what do you do? Mm-hmm. What do you do and like, and love to do? Mm-hmm. So I can refer patients to you. You can't even deal with this part because mm-hmm. so mentally you're stuck on, you can't get in your car and your anxiety is so high. You're not even driving. Like we need to pull through that anxiety and mm. one, either look at some medication and sometimes medication is appropriate. I agree. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we need to look at a different type of therapy for you mm-hmm. because what I'm doing is not going to be the best fit. That's what I've discovered is that sometimes people have so much trauma that until that, that's also another thing that just appalls me is just how much this is a tangent, how much childhood trauma has occurred in people's life. Oh my gosh. And maybe it's just self-selective and that we're just seeing the people that have gone through it and then it hasn't cleared. So they're manifesting physical symptoms. But anytime I do an intake on our history of someone, it almost like it comes up so frequently. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is horrible. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. It's, 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 you know, and one of the things is appreciating how, how blessed I am. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think this goes to a lot of healthcare providers out there um, and, and healthcare workers, you know, who work with people and you're like, wow, there are so many people out there that are one worse off than me, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm blessed to be able to give them guidance uh, with that. So it, every day when I do what I do, I am so blessed and thankful that one, I have the ability to, to help them 
And I tell them, it's not me doing this. I'm your guide. You're doing the hard work. Mm -hmm. So I think that's important to let people know is that you're, you, you gotta be the one that's doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing this for you. I'm just looking at your situation and your dad and saying, I think this, 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 and this would be good for you. It's up to you to do it. I want to transition a little bit to, you mentioned earlier about keeping an open mind or keeping that box open all the time. Are there, can you think of like three things that maybe you've changed your mind on in the health and wellness space over the last couple of years? And maybe things that, you know, it's five years ago, you were so dogmatic about it's definitely this. And now five years later, you're like, oh, it definitely wasn't that. That's a good question. You know, what comes to my mind the most with that is being Mm. a parent. Mm. (laughs) Like that's the one that I'm like, oh my gosh. Here, I was thinking, I'm never going to let my child suck on a pacifier. It's going to screw up the internal palate of their mouth. Mm. Like everything that I learned in chiropractic school. Yeah. Yep. I'm like, nope, they're not sucking a binky. Yeah. Well, guess what happens the first week they're home? Mm. <laughs> they Again. get a binky. Yep. <laughs> so, so there's certain things like that. Um, yeah. That's one of the biggest things is uh, things I would say that I would never do as a parent that I ended up doing. You know, because you're pushed to the limits of trying to figure everything else out. Another example is one of my sons has a lot of struggle with focusing in school. Mm -hmm. He's very um, impulsive and always gets in trouble. And this started when he was in preschool. Mm -hmm. It was stressful because he was in a he was in a Montessori school. I was working a ton. It was a very stressful period of my life, and he was working a or he was there in a ton and. He was at this place and this woman who was doing this preschool had been there for like 25 years, pulled me aside. And she said, Emily, I've never had a child like yours before. Well, how does that make you feel Mm. when you're like, well, shoot, why do I have the problem? Like, really? I'm the one. So that made me feel horrible. First off, you know, as a parent, I'm like, what do I need to do to help him? We went through so much training. We went through brain therapy. Mm. I did not want to give him medication. He was young. Mm. We were every year. We, we sought out um, different physical therapy, occupational therapy type of help to help his brain just recalibrate in that. And the point of the story is that I said, I never want to give my kids medication. This is what I do for a living, right? Mm. Like I help get people off of medication. Yeah. And it got to the point where I'm like, you know what? Maybe I just need to suck in and say, maybe we should just try this. Mm. Let's just see what would happen. Now he's in fifth grade. Hmm. You know, there's, he's gone through a long process. We've spent thousands and thousands of dollars trying to help him thrive in school. And you know what? We found some solutions that worked for last year. And it seemed like it was working. It's always going to be a changing thing. So the other you know, point of your question is what things have I changed along the way is my philosophy on judging people who take medication and who have to medicate their kids. That is not up to me. And I will not judge because every person is different. But what I can do, and same goes for immunizations, because that's a hot controversial topic. Big time. Right. Huge topic. My take on that is I am here to support you no matter what you decide your decision is going to be. I'm not here to judge you. Mm -hmm. I'm here to educate and maybe not even educate. Some people find a real passion into saying this, 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 this is listed in the medication. This is why you shouldn't get it. But you know what? Some people need to get it. For different reasons, you know? And so we have to be open-minded to our clients, to our patients to say, you know what? Okay, you've chosen this for yourself. How can I help you mitigate that risk? This is what I'll do. And if you did, and I was going to, I was going to ask, but you answered it, how that experience with your children altered how you practice, but it kind of sounds like, like you said, removing the judgment from any situation. Yeah. And I find that so often is that people, when they come to see me, they think I'm going to judge them or they, 
Because I feel like sometimes people in the natural alternative space, there there's still a judgment in this world where if you're not following my nine ancestral tenants or what have you, that you you feel that sense of judgment and fear mongering. And so just to s- remain there and just say, no, I'm just holding space for you. You know, just say whatever you feel is is needed. Yeah, they need to feel safe. It's about yeah. being safe. And if you can create a safe zone for people and know that you don't judge them, you know, that's something that I also let them know that because I have them do a food blog when I first mm-hmm. start with them to see what they're eating is data. Mm-hmm. It's data. Again, I love data. I want to see what you're eating, um, when you're eating, how much of your you're eating, because it's going to give me information that the patient may not see and realize. And um, I tell them that I'm like, log what you're logging. I'm not going to judge you. Put those Oreos in there. I'm not judging you. I'm going to give you feedback on how we can maybe swap it over to this. Yeah. You know, so for identifying that and knowing that we all have fears and identifying those fears. And I think when people come into us, there is a fear of, of being judged, especially if weight loss is, is a piece of something that's on their list, which is yeah. probably on a lot of our patients lists. Yep. You know, we, we get that way for a reason and I don't want to judge people. And I don't because I've been there myself. I've lived mm-hmm. it. And I think connecting with people so they know, okay, she's been through this before mm-hmm. sharing your story. Going all that off that same vein, do you ever maybe find it hard to connect with somebody if you haven't gone through what they went through? So you talked about the weight loss journey, but maybe if somebody had gone through extreme bouts of brain fog, but you're like, ah, I've never really gone through. Like, oh do you then? Gosh. Yes. And yeah. let me have you, I have a great example of this. So I've been doing this, what, over 10 years. And mm-hmm. one of the top, there's like, I would say the top three things on people's symptom surveys, you know, when we work with them, fatigue mm-hmm. is number one, I would mm-hmm. have to say mental health is number two. Yeah. Depression and anxiety mm-hmm. is always been up there mm-hmm. for me with people, with everyone, you know, yeah. look how many people are on my meds. Well, this is this is what happened. It's my personal experience with it. I've never been depressed. Yeah. Never had anxiety. I've been blessed. I don't know yeah. what that's like for mm-hmm. years. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I've never really experienced it per se, except this summer I did. Mm. It was horrible. Mm. I lived it. And it was horrible. There was panic attacks involved. There was this massive depression involved. Medication had to get involved in this. So this is my personal story. Mm-hmm. And um it gave me a whole new appreciation, a whole new appreciation when I've lived it and I've seen how horrible it can pull you down into a hole and how you need support that time. You know, whether it's a therapist, whether it's you as a functional medicine provider, you know, um, whether it's their friends, making sure and checking in on these people for that, that mental health can really, really, really pull people down. You know, luckily I've pulled out of it. There's mm-hmm. so much emotion involved. Yeah. So much emotion involved that we just don't understand. Going back mm-hmm. to that first thing we were talking about, right? We don't understand some of the stuff that goes on, but if we can be a good doctor and listen to them. Probably almost hurt in oh, the yeah. moment of doing it. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, you picked a good, good word, vulnerable. Mm-hmm. People need to be vulnerable, you mm-hmm. know, to do that and to know that, okay, it's not long-term. This is a short period of my life right now. I'm in mm-hmm. a funky spot. What can we do to get out of it? Well, mm-hmm. let's try some meds and let's see if it'll help. And if it pulls out, okay, stop it. And now move on. You just, you go through these dips. Same thing with like thyroid. Sometimes people need a little bit of thyroid support yeah. because they went through a stressful part. You mm-hmm. get them the T3, you get the side of whatever they need for that. It pulls them up. Okay. Now they can maintain it. We dip down and medication is there and can be very helpful for us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just being reliant on that and being lazy yes. and saying, okay, I'm just going to rely on this long-term instead of yeah. trying to really work through my issues. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's reassess that. Yeah. That's what I tell people. If, it, if you use any supplement or medication as just a band-aid solution, 
then it's it it doesn't matter if it's a supplement or a pharmaceutical. It's, it's the approach, like you said, that really is the determining factor. So I don't want to take too much more of your time, Emily. But if if people want to learn more about you, or if they if they want to seek out your services, you know, pay the little pay the bills a little bit. You know, where can people go to find and learn more about you? Yeah, they can find me virtually. So I yeah. work virtually. I'm out of St. Louis, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can go to my website and learn a little bit more about me. I have a bunch of videos on there, uh, but it's enlightenstl.com, STL mm-hmm. as in St. Louis. Mm. So I love the name Enlighten because it's going to bring light into the future with you. Mm. Um, so you can find me on the website there. That's probably the best place to go. I am social. So you can find me on Facebook at Enlighten Functional Medicine, um, as well as Instagram. I'm on there too, as Dr. Emily STL, Dr. Emily mm. STL. And guess what? I'm on TikTok. Mm, bam, <laughs> it's bam, fun. Folks. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. You mentioned TikTok earlier, and it is fun because it's a little story you get to put together. And I just launched, uh, or I just posted a, a TikTok today of running in minus six degree weather, what mm. that looks like, how you layer up in St. Louis. Yeah. That's so impressive. So much res- respect for that. We'll put all that information in the show notes if people want to go learn more about all that. And that. The last question, Emily, that I like to ask people yeah. is, so this is Gut Check Radio. Yeah. And essentially what we've been doing this whole time is exploring your story and your Gut Check moments. But what is your most recent Gut Check moment? And you you've, may have already said it, but maybe even think of another Gut Check moment and kind of walk us through what your thinking was as you were going through it. Gut Check moment with yeah. health or like mental health or Anything. physical? The most recent one that comes to mind. I am kind of brushed on this a little bit with the mental health piece, mm-hmm. right? So this is something newer that I experienced this summer mm-hmm. with with dipping down in that space. Mm-hmm. Gut check moment, you know what I realized is that my body needed to move. Mm-hmm. My body needed to move to help process those excitatory neurotransmitters that were going and driving me nuts. So moving every day, getting up. I love watching the sunrise, mm-hmm. um, getting up at five o'clock. I'm an early yeah. riser now. And I've always been an early riser, but- I get up at five, sometimes 4.55, actually, and I actually wake up and I get my stuff on and I get out the door. I get grounded. I put mm. my shoes on. I go outside and you know where I go? I go to my favorite dead tree. Mm. <laughs> There's a dead tree about 30 minutes away from me. Mm. And it's the tallest point in the whole town that I live in. Yeah. You can see over the horizon. You can see to the mm. south, to the west, and to the east, and you can watch the sunrise there. And so that is one of the best things that I've been doing mentally health-wise is getting out and moving, which mm-hmm. for me is really not, I'm not an athlete. I said I did a marathon. I'm someone who who sings, uh, you know, in high school, I would sing. I was an, a choir nerd. I'm mm-hmm. not an athlete. I'm not, but to be able to get out and to be healthy and to move my body and to help with those mental health moments was a big gut check moment for me Mm. and doing a lot of actually fasting as well Uh, as that kind of pairs with it. So I've been doing a lot of fasting and seeing the results of that mentally. It can help create those ketones and and really have clear mindedness with it. Um, You know, but that's something as well that can definitely go into another topic on that with you, but, but the fasting piece and just getting out and movement and finding what makes you happy. Mm. Maybe it's mountain biking. Maybe it's riding. Maybe it's finding a dead tree to sit next to every day or finding that special friend that you can connect with daily. Mm. So finding that special tree with a friend, probably the, one of the most important things you can do for your health in general. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Well, Emily, thanks for taking the time to be with us today. And for all those listeners out there, I'm there was so many things to take away. And I'm sure if anything, you'll have at least one thing to take away from this that hopefully will enhance your life to any sort of degree. Thank you all for trusting me to be a part of your day. If you enjoyed the show and found it informative or entertaining, we invite you to share the love by leaving a five-star rating review on your podcast platform of choice or by sharing this episode with your family and friends. And until next time, trust in your gut.